guys, welcome back to this very brief conversation on the Twin Sessions podcast. If you are listening to this or watching this video, um, it's not an official episode, but it'll be like session 25.5 or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, we just wanted to come and have a brief conversation about um, July being yes. Minority Mental Health Month, That's which right. of course is near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> so very near, very um, we have our colleagues, our chief executive officers of things, uh, and, and who are you? Who are you? I'm Ebony Harris. And I'm Elisa Bokeen. <laughs> and we are two brown chicks changing the face of therapy on both, both sides of the of couch. The couch. Um, so yeah, so welcome. This isn't a traditional episode. We're not doing like a full interview. Um, Danielle and Justin have been on Between Sessions before. Um, as y'all know, they work with Melanin Mental Health and help us not lose our mind. Um, <laughs> so we're three brown chicks and a brown guy. On the ground. <laughs> Changing the face of therapy. But um, so one of the things... Um, we talk about this on the podcast a lot. Um, and of course, as we grow within our practices, as we grow within our own brands, um, how we, how are we changing the face of therapy? Right. And so that's one thing, um, you know, since the last time we talked to y'all on the podcast or whatever, like, what do you feel like you're doing to make sure that the, that we are working to change the face of therapy within minority communities? Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, for me, I have, we've talked about this before. When you first start out, in this field and you go into private practice, especially um, because now you're not just a clinician, you're also an entrepreneur. And when you have first begun putting yourself out there, you want to get that business, right? Like the rent is coming up. (laughs) I got to pay for all these other. And sometimes you get scared to specialize or you get scared um, because you have the idea, Oh, if I, I, I do it all right. And so I think as I've grown as a clinician, as I've grown um, as, as, as a clinician of color and as an entrepreneur, I am much more comfortable with really saying what it is that I do and making sure that our communities know that I'm specializing in a way that is going to cater to our needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think like just, kind of what Justin has talked about in the past with the LGBT community. Like, what are you doing to say, hey, you're here, you're there, and really reaching out to our communities is one thing. And just not, just being less afraid to show up, like, this is who I am. Granted, we're still kind of like what uh, Dr. Manuel was talking last week. You still want to take everything that we've learned you know, um, and so you're still going to show up and be professional. And I've, we got those master's degrees and took a lot of time, but not being afraid to bring more of my own experience, um, who I am just as a Latina into the room. Um, I really feel like that has, I've been able to shift more into that role. Does that make sense? Because I felt like I just went. No, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think that's something that, like you said, everybody struggles with in the beginning of. Because even like I, I specialize in couples, right? I knew I wanted to work with couples, but even with that, I was like, but I can work with teenagers and I can work mm-hmm. with, you know, I work with individuals. I like working with individuals as well. But to say, like, 
I work with minority couples. It's kind of like, ooh, that's an extra push, you know? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. as I've grown my practice, that is the majority of my practice, and I yeah. love it. Like, yes. I really yes. like it. Mm-hmm. So putting it out there, and even my website now, I have, like, my keywords are Black therapists in Houston and, you know, mm-hmm. Black couples or, you know, stuff like that because that's who I like working with. Yeah. So. It makes the work so much rewarding when you when you just know that you're just fully aligned with whatever it is, the type of work that really means something to you, the type of work that we really set out to do. Like when all of those things are in place, it's just that much more rewarding. Right. And right. I think we all go through that phase of going to get our masters and you mm-hmm. walk in the door ourselves, but then we're trying to take on these theories and right. this knowledge, this, this the book stuff um, right. that we need for practice. But I think once you get out of that, you kind of go through this process of trying to find a balance right. between your identity and also the theories and the knowledge just to make you a more well-rounded and a whole professional just right. because so much of it is that connection with mm-hmm. the person. So, the, mm-hmm. you know, right. if they could, if they could do this with just a book, they would just be reading a book all the time. But right. so like just having that special connection in there to have the knowledge and the person with that identity is where the magic happens. So I lo- yeah, I love how you said that, Justin, because I think that's, it's, it's sort of like the more connected we are within ourselves that we're able to show up for therapy in that way. Mm-hmm. Like we're fully connected with the parts of us that, that we need to be connected with for us to be fully authentic. Yeah. That's that magic. And that's what the clients respond to is that authenticity that you're able to offer them as well. Yeah. yeah and, I, and that authenticity, I feel, Lisa, is so important because mm-hmm. connection, it builds that relationship and it's, and it's sacred. It makes that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that authenticity is something that people grow into because when you first get in the field, it's yeah. kind of like, um, oh, I should be this. Oh, I should be that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the books tell us. Maybe that's what our supervisor was. Maybe that's just even our own perception of what a counselor is. Because I know when I first became in the field, I had a perception of what a counselor was supposed to be. Right. Happened that my supervisor came and shattered that whole image. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's but, awesome become and mold into my own person rather than molding into something that I thought you know right. every yeah. thought that we were supposed to be and thought that everyone was, you know, expecting. Right. You know, once you grow into that authenticity, um, your clients appreciate it. And right. then it kinda of also lets you let your clients know when they see it, maybe this will work, maybe it won't work. Right. You know, there's no kind of guessing. Because I know now that I'm like comfortable in you know, being authentically me, it's yeah. kind of like you're getting all of me as a therapist and not just like a little shawl. Right. Because right. you have to put on this face or put on this show of what a therapist is supposed to look like. Yeah. Right. Because I remember when first getting in my office, I'm like, oh, should I put this picture up? Should I put this statue up? And this, that, and other. And then ended up putting all of that up. forever. forever. <laughs> so, I was like, my clients come in and they're like, oh, yes, this is yeah, so affirming. Yeah. Yeah. Even my kids are like, oh, yes, this is Miss Danielle. So if I come with like some kind of African earrings, they already know yeah. <laughs> this is what Miss Danielle does. Yes. Yeah. I love I that. Think, I, I think just that identity is so important. Mm-hmm. And especially with minority, with in any 
career field is always that who I am outside of the office and who I have to be in the office. Right. And and it's the same with therapists. As much as we tell our clients to show up genuinely and show up authentically. Right. When you first get out of college, when you were the only person of color in your program, yeah. it's hard to even know what that looks like. So what does a practice look like? Is it okay if I wear my braids, you know, my cornrows or whatever the case to the office? Is it okay if I grow dreadlocks? Is it okay if I wear um, my Wakanda Forever t-shirt? You know, whatever yeah. it is. And one of the things I always remember is, I'm pretty sure it was Rashawn, but when I think he has a post about his first time going to therapy. I'm pretty sure it was him. And he says that therapist came out with like Jordan's on. And I was like, whoa, like, okay. therapist wore Jordan's? <laughs> and even to me, I'm like, is that professional? I don't know. <laughs> but that's because of this idea of what professional is and what we've been taught from not even just college, but right. just in life, like right. when you're a professional, you look like this. When you're a professional, your hair looks like this. You right. dress like that, da, 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 da. And so when you're talking about building your own business, that is a concern. Absolutely. And yeah. I think for me, that's my answer to the change in the face of therapy is my, I am really starting. I've always been, I love talking about business. Y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I enjoy talking about what the, the processes are and what I've learned and how you can do better in your business and da, da, yeah. da, da. I really enjoy it, but I've kind of shot away from wanting to train therapists, and I'm still not saying I'm there yet, but um, I do. I like talking to therapists about um, their practices and what they're interested in and how they can do that and have a practice, or how, and, and part of that is how can you be genuine to yourself right. and have a practice? How can you feel comfortable? And I'm still a professional, even when I do have my braids in, even right. when I do have my cornrows in, even when I do, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, it's still professional because I know right. what I'm doing. I'm doing that business. And so that's for me like what I truly enjoy is is talking about the business side yeah. and giving people that confidence that you can be yourself. And because when you represent yourself, you you attract people that Absolutely. are attracted to who you are, not attracted to who you're trying to pretend to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, all of us just how what it is that we're doing, what we're doing with melanin and mental health, what we're doing, you know, in our individual practices. Like, I, I, you know, I'm thinking like, how cool would this have been when I was in grad school to come across, you oh know, you know, something <laughs> like that, you know, like what we're doing, not right. just because we're doing it, but that's part of why we did it because we needed that. We, like, we right. needed this. But I mean, how, how would it have been for us being in grad school, you're going through it. You're so, you feel so many different insecurities because, you know, I think that's the thing about therapy. It's not like engineering. It's not like accounting. I've said this before. You don't have like, here's the formula, follow it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. We learn our theories, but this, these are human lives that, you know, right. we're, we're working with. And so how would it have been to have that modeled for us in this way? Right. Like in a way where we just, we're all professional. We show up professional, but we're also ourselves, and right. you know. So mm-hmm. I think just what we're doing um, is changing the face of therapy because we are modeling for whoever's coming after us uh-huh. as well, right. or right. who's ever out there right now. Who you know? Because I think sometimes we've talked about this before. We forget that we're so inundated with the therapy world, and we love this, but. There's people that are just coming into private practice. There's right. people that are coming into the field. And so, yeah, just being able to model it for people, like, this is what that looks like. Just us existing is a form of advocacy. Amen. I, I say, say that again. That just us existing is a form of advocacy because I do that so much with my 
population, my scholarship LGBT, um, not only me being in the community could be inspiring someone else to live their truth and be out and proud and everything, but also inspiring um, up and coming therapists because so much mm -hmm. as you go into therapy programs, you're like, oh, I'm, you know, you get scared of yeah. being your authentic self. So that other layer, all these different identities you might have, yeah. um, us just being there is really showing people that they can show up authentic. They can bring their experiences um, to their profession and, and be, it's valuable. And it's, right. it's, it's yeah. good for your, for your business. Yeah. You know, and I think, Ebony, with you, with how you're saying, you know, you love to talk about business. I think that's the other piece that we have to continue talking about, like, especially if we want to get more people in the field mm -hmm. to because I think so many people, even when I was in grad school, I was like, how much are you going to make like when you graduate from, you know, <laughs> and I think we need to get also have that conversation that you can still do good. You can still help people. And it's okay that you also want to have a profitable business. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more as people of color, you know, modeling that and not just in the therapy world, but in the business world where, mm -hmm. you know, if we weren't in therapy, like we'd be looking to other entrepreneurs, like we're the entrepreneurs of color. So I think it's not just with therapists, well, it's not just in the therapy world, but it's kind of like I mentioned before, how are we creating additional businesses or other opportunities for our communities to have access to this? That in that in that regard, like we have to also have a business mindset. Right. We can't just stay with the, with the clinical hat on. Mm -hmm. That business mindset is so hard to have for um, us as clinicians because we're just not taught. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so focused on the clinical aspect and what do we do as therapists and the theories and the techniques and all that good stuff. But then it's like, but what about when you get into the practice of your own? Right. One has that mm -hmm. to have your own private practice, but how in which you manage that and maintain it. Mm -hmm. The how to and then the narrative around that. Like I've heard, you know, uh, other therapists say this before and other, uh, there was a group that I was in. And there was a woman who she was promoting her marketing webinar, like something about private practice. And I looked at under the comments and there was somebody, it was a therapist that was like, and I think this is actually a very common mindset. And it was like, you know, like she shouldn't be charging for that, that, you know, we're in the helping profession and, you know, people, and it's like, Yes, and people still have to make a living, right? Right. right. <laughs> and the the irony in all of that is the the more that we're able to create these opportunities, we can get creative. Like, where can we find other ways for, you know, is that creating scholarships? Is that down the line creating a nonprofit? What have you? But I think therapists also kind of sometimes are shamed by other therapists mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. also wanting to be successful business owners, yeah. right? And right. that's that's part of what keeps people, I think, out of the field as well. And if you already numbers wise, there's less of us in there. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, you know, turning people off to the field. Um, so I think the narrative around, around how we run these businesses or just show mm -hmm. up as business professionals in mm -hmm. agencies, because not everybody wants to do private practice. That's OK. Right. Right. But even if you're in eight, I mean, just. Like you said, just showing up as a business professional and that's in anything that you do. And that's one thing that I've learned. I mean, I haven't done agency work in a while, mm -hmm. but I've definitely 
learn from other entrepreneurs, not in mental health, that even if you work in a company or with a company or with an agency, you still have to conduct yourself as a business sometimes. Because one, you never know what's going to happen, but two, you gain skills. That's how you grow. That's how you get mm-hmm. leadership positions and things like that. So you're always thinking from that business mindset. But sometimes people just don't, you know, get it, which is fine. But um, what you said about the 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 messages and the, and the beliefs about what a mental health professional looks like and what is okay and what's not okay for a mental health professional. Like you get into this field because you're focused on other people, not mm-hmm. because you want to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's what or, the belief is. Yeah, like it's a bad thing that you want to also be an entrepreneur. Be profitable. Right, right. Make money, make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But then we talk about helping people in general. We want people to get to their full potential. Right. Which, you know, no money is not the focus of that, but that you shouldn't have to limit yourself just because of the career that you've chosen. Exactly. And um, I love what you said earlier. You said we 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 teach we're we're trying to help our clients understand this idea of caring for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if Thank we had a client yourself. come in, yeah, if we had a client come in and say, you know, I, I'm helping everybody in my life, but you know, I, I don't I don't want to ask right. for help. We would say, hey, you know, you got to take care of yourself and blah, 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 blah. But for some reason, as therapists, we fall into that trap that, okay, you're the helper. Right. So, you know, like just give, 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 give. And we tell our clients every day that that's, that's setting us up for burnout. That's setting mm-hmm. us up for resentment. And the service part, that includes how we show up for our clients. Again, exactly. whether you're in an agency or whether you are, you know, what have you, you're providing a service. And it's sort of like what you said, Ebony, if, if I'm not showing up in a professional way for the services, that's also impacting how our clients have access to the type of access they have. And if, if you, when it comes to finances, if you are struggling to pay your bills and if you're struggling to do those things, how are you able to come in and really be present for your client when you're thinking about, okay, I have to pay this rent, so I need two more clients next week, so how do I get this person a book next week to make sure that I get, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's a lot of conversation that I've seen as well when we talk about being uh, private pay. Well, have you had long-term clients that lasted for more than six months on private pay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not my goal. You know, my goal is not to have a client probably pay for a year if I can get some if I can get new clients that's my goal right. that's my goal my goal is to get more people aware and more people coming in not to hold on to these clients tight and make them stay with me for six months like so you know and I think that's the shift in mindset is like we should be trying to give more services to more people mm-hmm. not only hold on to the people that we have but that's a whole other topic but yeah you know, so, <laughs> but that's that's just I'm interested in like I, I'm, I'm getting so interested in just mindset and belief systems and how that impacts the world that we create. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as even couples, business, life, just like what you believe and what you think is what you create. And so you have to figure out how to shift that before you can create something beautiful or profitable or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's this idea that like it, it benefits people when you're doing well. And if you have, I mean, are there shady business people? Of course. Are there going to be shady therapists? Of course. But it's, but if, but if you, and that's the thing, it's like, if you're a therapist who's in it because you want to help people and that's the mindset you have, we want you to do well. 
Yeah. So that, so that you can, you know, help more people. Yes, absolutely. And so I do think that that's a way that things need to change so that our communities have more people in the field who are able to, to show up for them at their fullest. Right. And not get burnt out and be done with mental health. Because I've met so many therapists that mm-hmm. are, I tried private practice, I did the insurance panels, I, I tried to do private pay, and, and it was just, no. And then six months later, I'm back at agency. And then a year after being an agency, they tired of that. And so they moved on to something, you know, and it's like, how do you make sure that you're taking care of yourself um, as far as mental health, regardless of what path you, cha- you choose, you have to take care of yourself in order to continue to be a service to the people in the mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this this conversation took a turn, didn't it? It did. It did. That was not. <laughs> that was really cool. Then to say, well, <laughs> well I was gonna say, do y'all need to add something to that change? Of face? What are y'all doing to change the face of therapy? <laughs> there you go, Justin. Oh, um, <laughs> advocacy. Um, I think learning. I think continue learning. I think always reading books. And as you know, we don't get that training in business. So reading marketing books, reading business books, um, keeping that going, that will change the face of therapy. Because I think as we grow as entrepreneurs, that next generation will have so many more mentors and access to information and normalizing as therapists being entrepreneurs as well. Because I think that's the struggle is that we go through grad school and they beat that theory into us. Yeah, and yeah. so, but then there's no business. So when you leave out of there, the train has already taken off. Mm-hmm. And so then you maybe a year or two into your career, then you're like, oh, entrepreneurship. Oh, uh, right, <laughs> the right. train's already going. Right. <laughs> um, so I think just us doing our work now will help the future generations um, for professionals and the community. Yeah. I know for me, it's like ditto all of what y'all just said um, <laughs> as far as um, advocacy, you know, being authentic, all that good stuff. Um, and I know I love doing community events. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's kind of like not any community event specifically, but just even um, community events that doesn't even apply to um, to mental health. And then somehow because I'm there, it turns into like a mental health thing because it's like mm-hmm. as a therapist and as you're authentically you, you're going to embody what you believe. Mm-hmm. So when you are somewhere, well, when I'm somewhere, something like that, you know, and people ask like, what do you do? It's like a ther- I'm a therapist. And they're like, whoa, what, what do you mean a therapist? What kind of therapist? And it's always like massage therapist. I don't know why. <laughs> people are oh, physical therapists though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the well, broad shoulders. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like massage therapist. And I'm like, no, I'm a mental health therapist. <laughs> it's like having that connection and explaining to people like what mental health is, mm-hmm. even in the most random of places, I think um, brings that normalcy and understanding to what, you know, therapy is and what yeah. mental health is. And even if it's just one person at a time, it's still like changing. Absolutely. It's still, being life changing, so I know well, that's something I'll do at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, Danielle, maybe part of them thinking you're a massage therapist—that in and of itself, maybe mm. like you change in the face. Like, oh, this is what yeah. a therapist looks like. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it definitely is because it definitely sometimes is a shock factor because mm-hmm. I was like therapist. And then it's like everyone automatically thinks if you're a therapist, you're a massage therapist right. or a physical 
therapist. Mm-hmm. Something on the physical end, which goes back to that that importance for the physical side and the like disregard to mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of, you know, shifting that mindset. Yes, there's a mental side to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the biggest part with both of y'all kind of pointed out is the representation right. and what does it look like and even how that could help our clients because Absolutely. the more I learn about business, the more I learn about running a practice, the more I learn about or the more I'm available to show them what a therapist is, what a professional therapist is, da, 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 the more I can help you, one, in seeing I, I, I'm a true believer in it's hard to know what your options are if you've never seen it. That's right. And so if, if you've never seen a black or a Latin ex or a LGBT or whatever, a, a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever, you don't even think that that's an option, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but along with that, when you have clients coming in that are struggling, like thinking about thinking about doing business of some sort or mm-hmm. thinking whatever, like you have more knowledge to be able to give them, not just that clinical side. Right. Yes, that's important. But if I know, I've, I've had plenty of clients come to me that run their own business and they'll be like, well, you get it right because this is kind of like running a business. I was like, it is like running a business. <laughs> <laughs> I am running a business. So, yes, I completely understand. Like, you know, so we can have a different conversation because now I have a different type of training. It's been plenty of times when I've suggested a book that I've read just because that's something we're right. talking about. It, and so you be able to, you're able to bring all these different skills and bring it into really helping your client on a bigger basis or, or you know, just different level, I guess, as opposed to being so focused on the clinical side. And that's right. it. And you have a struggling business, so you can't really even talk about that part, you know. Right, right. right. And on the same point, like representation is so big because, like, for minority youth, everyone is like in a box, and to right. make it out of your, you know, bad worst situation, like you have to be a doctor, you have to be a professional, athlete, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, that's pretty much it. Lawyer, 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 or lawyer, or you know, but you don't want to be. Yeah, you know, those are the things like to make it out. You have to be the win. You know, the youth sees a counselor, and at first they're like, "What's a counselor?" Right, it's mixed in with social workers, CPS taking kids, and so just able to, you know, Mm kind of divide that up and explain the the different aspects of you know our profession Mm -hmm. is like is like phenomenal for them and it's appreciative because now they you know for them it's like i understand what you do and how you're trying to help me Mm -hmm. like i'm more open and it turns into well maybe i can do that in the future maybe i can Mm -hmm. do that and so representation is like one of the most absolute (laughs) one of the most absolutes to kids because they look to what's you know what's there They never know until they see it. That's right. They never know until they see it. All right. So that conversation was way longer than expected. Um, so we'll, last thing is just changing the way we discuss mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to go on my rant because I still feel like I have my thoughts together. But I just, you know, language, I'm always talking about language and the way we talk about things. And even with melanin mental health, we do, we talk about reducing the mental health stigma. Mm-hmm. Um and um, as we were talking, I'm like, we, I feel like we need to kind of change that. I don't know to what yet, but it just, it feels like we're already labeling it as something, right? We're, we've already decided that this is a problem as opposed to what Dr. Manuel said 
this is ours. Right. And so how do we start to change that mm-hmm. language to say like therapy is just a part of who we are. Yes. We yes. already do it. We just don't necessarily do it in a formal sense because modern therapy wasn't made for us. Right. Um, yes. So I don't know what that looks like, but what do y'all think about how we talk about mental health in minority communities? I think as we broaden the the scope of mental health, I had a professor really help me understand that years ago when thinking about research in mental health, when like mental health just doesn't have to be look like depression, anxiety right. in a clinic. Mm-hmm. It's like mental health is our life. It's right. everything around us. So the relationships you have, the job you have, the stressors you have, the wins you have, the good stuff that goes on, the joy, everything in our life is mental health. So as we broaden mm-hmm. that, that, kind of definition of what it is, then we can start to talk about it with different terms and everyday language that really is describing our lives that really is mental health. Right. You know, having that that drama that you come to the barbershop and you're talking about the stress you had on, on the job. Right. <laughs> you right. had to let it get on your nerves. That's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start to think about that. That way we can change the conversation and start to really just talk how we talk, but have the, yeah. this understanding that that's mental health too. Right. right. Well, and I think that's part of, of of kind of piggybacking off of what we talked about, how we show up to therapy. And so if when we're out and about and we present ourselves the way that we just authentically are and and we don't we don't discredit our training, we don't discredit our education, like it's there and it's laying the foundation for what we do. And, you know, because I mean I've met other professionals like this, other therapists like this, not going to drop no names, of course, but, (laughs) (laughs) but where it's like, I am the therapist and Mm -hmm. you know, all this psychology jargon. That's not to say like, we don't ever use it, but if our intention is to connect with not, you know, not just other therapists, but a a big part of what we do is to connect with the community, right? Right. Like the community is not talking like that. Right. You know, like they, they're not talking like that. And so it's I'm not saying we don't ever use certain terms, but why are we using them? Like right. we're using them because we want to say, I am the therapist. Right? <laughs> if that's your stance, cool. Great. That's mm-hmm. just not what we do. And I think that's part of why people respond to our messages is because we're not taking that position. It's like, I understand what you're saying. Oh, I get that. Oh, I, I can understand therapy's dope because I can tell people like peace when you start mm-hmm. acting. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. they can respond to that if I go into enmeshment and, you know, like right. individuation, they're going to be like, what? what? <laughs> they're going like, to so, turn off like, okay. Right. <laughs> so again, I'm not saying we, we, we discredit, but we don't, you know, maybe some people do talk like that at home with everyday, like, I know that there are, but I don't. Right. <laughs> I, or if I, I do, it's more of an explanation. Like, right. oh, that sounds like this. This is, mm-hmm. you know, and then explaining like that's a trauma rounded therapy where you know, if we're too close, you know, whatever the case may be. So, but yeah. it's not like this is just in a normal conversation. Oh, I, it looks like you're enmeshed with your sister, and yeah. like no, <laughs> don't yeah. say that. And I guess again, it just goes back to like, what's my intention? If I'm, right. if, am I speaking like this because I want to connect with somebody? Uh, you know. If I'm at a conference, that's different, right? Right, or, right, right. But what is my intention behind this? And if I want to connect with people, that's where the normalizing comes in, right? Like that's mm-hmm. where this, you know, it's because I think even just um, when we talk about like reduce the stigma, now what? You know, this is part of normalizing mm-hmm. it is 
I'm a human being. This is how, this is what I mean. I'm gonna break it down in these terms so that I can connect with you on that level. Once I have that connection with you, then we're able to do, as Justin said, the magic that happens when right. you connect with humans. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard, though, because it, it's difficult to know, like, just how do we... I mean, it's not hard, because, again, when you're being genuinely yourself, you're being genuine, and so that comes naturally mm-hmm. um, if you feel comfortable in that. But I also think there is some level of expectation of this, mm-hmm. like, but you're a therapist, so you're supposed mm-hmm. to, even from clients, like, when they come in and you're just having a conversation with them and they're looking at you like, this sounds like a conversation I have with right. my friends or something like that. And it's like, yeah, but I also have this knowledge, like my, um, right. my old supervisor would say it's the behind the clock behind the clock face like you right when you're looking at them you're having a conversation you're just talking to them your face looks normal but back here you have all these years and stuff (laughs) going making all these connections of like oh yeah two sessions ago they talked about their dad and now look where we are now and you know but that's not necessarily what we present to them right um so sometimes i do think that there is a good thing it means good to kind of explain like well this is what i'm hearing which we do but you know from the professional standpoint and then this is what it sounds like for you like as far as like, I guess it's a way to kind of continue to show like, yes, I do have, it's not just this, because people think therapy is common sense, right? Um, (laughs) Everybody knows it, it's just common sense, it's nothing. So to be able to like bring forth like, so here, this is what I'm hearing and and what I've learned is this, this, and this, is that something that resonates with you? Mm -hmm. And then they like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're able to bring that professional <laughs> Yeah, no, I get the oh shit, like the face, like, like I see. They sometimes they'll say that, but they just be like, they sit back, like start mm-hmm. looking like. And they're like, hmm. I had a, a Latina woman this week, and she was like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a reflection of what she was going through in her That's experience. She was like, "You get it, yeah. <laughs> right. right?" Well, you know, and I think part of that, Ebony, kind of like what you're saying is there. This is not going to be for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, there are people that want to go to to their therapist and feel like. You are the professional. You are the, that's neat. That's fantastic. I think what we're saying is there's a lot of that, right? Like there's already like a lot of it. And what we're trying to do is also create, you know, the space and to be the face for those that want to show up in a different way. Because I think that's also what some clients want, you know, when they're, when they're looking for us, that's kind of what they want. They want someone that they can relate to on a different level. I think right. that other model of therapy, there's plenty of that. Yeah. yeah, I see it as like we're making the therapy that's there fit for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we're tailoring it to us. We're molding it to what we what we need it to be to like truly help you know the community, truly help our people. Mm-hmm. Like we all, we have so much that we could go off of the right. theories and things like that. But how do we like? molded into like what would be working for us mm-hmm. that's what we do in our practices like mm-hmm. we take the, all the knowledge that we have we bring our authentic selves and then we tailor it to what our community needs mm-hmm. right. I that's think something we're- I've thought about a lot sorry just the the theories that are there and how like Clearly, we need to come up with a melanin mental health theory. Like when Justin <laughs> finishes with his PhD, uh, yes. we're gonna use his research hours to start researching <laughs> different models and how can we 
more effective in helping minority communities and yeah. come up with specific like theories, but you know, and, and, yeah. and models that focus on them, like all the stuff we learned, but then how do we tailor it to our community? Right. And then there, there's a, there's our theories out there. There's not a I'm not gonna say a lot of theories. <laughs> yeah, theories uh-huh. out there, but they're not promoted. Right. Yeah. Not you know one of the founding fathers or right. <laughs> one of the most most uh, predominant ones. But like as we're um, increasing our understanding of how to make therapy ours, those are theories that we can in ourselves promote as well. That's true. Right? That's true. I think, you know, I think each of us, if we step back, I think each of us um, kind of have kind of evolved and continue to evolve into the therapist that we needed or we want, you know, like each each one of us is like, oh, this is what I needed or this is what I wanted. And and I think that's part of what each of us are are doing. We're trying to be that therapist. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, Woo! this wasn't supposed to be a real conversation, but this time, <laughs> all the way you real. Know, you know, we cannot all be. Listen, in you turn the mic on, we gonna talk. <laughs> right. What you want to talk about? Too much to say. Yes. Minority Mental Health Month. Let's do this. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for um, joining. Um, of course, check out uh, melaninamentalhealth.com uh, to get on the directory to check out our shop with all of our merchandise. Um, we are going to put up the recent webinar that Justin did very soon. So if you want to purchase that one hour webinar, it was amazing. So on, good. Um, when culture and sexuality come into the therapy room. So that'd be up there as well. Um, so we appreciate, of course, everybody. We really appreciate Justin and Danielle. Like they so truly well. help us not lose our minds. Yes. <laughs> this. Uh, and so, oh, and then follow us across social media and Melanin and Mental Health or Melanin Health on Twitter. Um, we have a happy hour coming up in Houston on the 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Danielle is doing a webinar on um, mental health and children and identifying behaviors versus mental health issues and all that stuff. So that's coming up August 2nd. Mm-hmm. And then lots, lots, lots coming up. We're going to just have a schedule of events for you guys to see. Um, so happy Minority Mental Health Month. I don't know if yes. you did that, but... <laughs> You just did. Therapy is ours. Therapy is ours. Therapy is dope. Um, And and mental health, what was it? Mental health is, what did you say, Justin? Because I think that is. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, everything you do is mental health. And I, by starting the conversation. All right, guys. (laughs) If you drive in Houston, that's that's mental health. Yeah. (laughs) Like, everything is mental health. Everything is mental health. And so, don't think that it's something that's when it's talked about, it's taboo. Your life is your mental health. Like, that's right. it. So, <laughs> that's just what it is. So. Mm-hmm. All right. In All right, thoughts, people. Good to go. That's it. Bye. All right. Stay cool, because it's hot outside. <laughs> <laughs>